0: Hey guys, don't miss an episode of the Tech Petition Podcast. For more information, go to techpedition.com slash subscribe. T-E-C-H-P-E-D-I-T-I-O-N dot com.
1: I've been running all my life through time and space. A second of every minute of every day for over 900 years, years. i fought for peace in a universe of war now the time has come to face the choices i've made in the name of the doctor. The, doctor. the doctor our future depends on one single moment of one impossible day the day i've been running from all my life The day of the Doctor.
2: Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who, and I am Kyle Jones... And other than being a little frustrated tonight, I am very excited about this particular episode. But let's get into my frustration and uh, kind of clear that up first. So Clarence likes to pick on me because I'm a Mac person. And tonight, I think for all of the times that we have recorded this episode, particularly the last episode when... Lee and I were on just ourselves, I had to throw in the recorder. Well, I think all of those recorders uh kind of came back to haunt me because my uh, Mac... Man, Mojo. Yep. Well, my Mac <laughs> yep. at 7 o'clock... Karma, man. Guess what it did? My, my Mac rebooted. And since I have an old Mac, at 7.45, it was still rebooting. So, there we go. But, hey, guess what? We are... Back, this is a very special episode to me, and since you heard two other voices talking, let's introduce first the person who is probably having a little fun at my
0: expense,
2: Clarence Brown.
0: What's up, man? What's up? Uh, you know, I'm sorry for your worries, but uh, fret not. We are going to jump into this episode and have a bunch of fun because so, you know it by heart.
2: So you're not having fun <laughs> already ragging me about uh, my my slowly rebooting
0: Mac. hmm well, anytime you you can take a jab at the the Apple slash Mac platform, I, I, I find a little um a little uh, heart, uh, a little rainbow forms in the sky, and I just feel joy and, and utter bliss. Okay,
2: well, good for you. I'm, I'm I'm glad for that. I'm really really happy for that, and good thing before we started talking that I remembered to press the recorder. And so while Don't we're know. and so while we're talking, who's that other voice? But none other than Lee shackleford? Hi guys, glad to be with uh,
3: glad to be with you, but I'm glad to have the three of us together again. I know okay. the three hosts. not yeah. the three
2: doctors, the three hosts <laughs> so, so I have a question for Clarence before we get started, and that is, I don't think you have, but have you l- watched the two doctors since
0: we and Lee and I recorded that uh, last review? I I still have not. I've not watched it, and I've not even listened to the episode, actually. I've listened to maybe the first 15 minutes before you got into spoiler specifics, Mm. but I am anxious to actually listen to it because I know it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, A little foreshadowing at the beginning of that episode of how much you may hate it, but... I do want to watch and listen to the episode as well. So I can't wait yeah. actually.
3: That's what I was wondering was after listening to that, is there any way in the world you're actually going to watch?
2: I'm
0: going to watch. Or... I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going
4: to do it.
2: So Lee, in hindsight, when we were talking about all the episodes that we were going to review, and I mentioned the day of, I mean, uh, the two doctors did, did you think, okay, what is he talking about? Does this? I'm not going to say anything. But what is he talking about here?
3: Uh, I think I, I think I, I lost the question in there. Somewhere. Well, well,
4: basically, <laughs> had I lost
2: my mind by saying the two doctors?
3: Oh no, no, not at all. I mean, we 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 were doing multi doctor stories, you know, in our walk up to Christmas. So you know, so we, we were going to do it. We, okay. had, we had to do it.
0: All right. Good point. Good point. Good yeah. point. So, well, you know, I I I I kind of had the feeling after you guys watched uh the two doctors you may be saying no more. <laughs> <laughs> no more. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Daleks <Dallax> of <laughs> Daleks of uh wait, wait, wait. Daleks of Skaro. Time Lords of Gallifrey. No more. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, I will
3: say that uh I was um um that I was a vegetarian for 20 years. <laughs> And, um, you know, yeah. And I, and I still, you know, have kind of, I want to say I have low meat diet, you know, still, but after we watched and talked about two doctors, I uh, bought a roast chicken and ate it all by myself.
2: (laughs) Oh, did you call yourself (laughs) shock of the (laughs) corner? No, but I did make all the same noises. (laughs) And yeah, you know, and I know we'll, you know, let me say this and then we'll move on. Something about that character was just like at by the end of the third episode was just nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. <laughs> so
3: no, it's absolutely true. But it, the, here's the, you know, we didn't talk about this, um, that, um, the, the thing about it that interested me that I, I that I forgot to mention was that, um, uh, when I have watched that show in the past, I've been saying one of the things that I like about it is that it does have the great British, uh, actor, Freddie Jones in it. That's not Freddie Jones. It's John Stratton. Um, so if you don't know who either of those people are, it doesn't matter. But, you know, <laughs> but it was just that we were watching it again this time. I said, that's not Freddie Jones. That's not Freddie Jones at all. That's somebody else. Who's- <laughs> so, so bang goes the one good thing I had to say about <laughs> two doctors. Anyway.
0: Did, you, did you did you spend years thinking it was Freddie Jones? Yeah, I've always, I've always <laughs> thought it was.
3: I, I talked to people about it. I say, it's not the best episode, but it does have Freddie Jones in it. No, it doesn't. Uh, So he was never on doctor (laughs) who at all anyway.
2: But something that had the doctor in it, but probably not the one you were expecting is Uh, going to be what we're going to talk about first. So if any of you have not figured out maybe what we're talking about yet, let me say this. This is when we decided to do discussing who from episode one, I could not wait for us to get to this particular episode. Why? Because this is my all-time, absolute, 100% favorite episode of Doctor Who to date. And uh having said that, that was why I even told the story of being frustrated with the Mac before... um You know, we started recording was because I was like, crap, of all the episodes that we've done, this is the one that the computer wants to act up on. And why is it? Because, like I said, the day of the doctor and also the night of the doctor, which led right into the day of the doctor. So if you've not seen it, if you've not seen the day of the doctor and you don't want to be spoiled or the night of the doctor and do not want to be spoiled, put us on pause. Go watch it, come back, because from henceforth, spoilers. Spoilers. Spoilers.
5: Spoilers. Spoilers.
2: So Clarence, I want you to kind of set the stage for the day of the doctor because you got to do something of all of my times enjoying seeing you watch Doctor Who and foreshadow things to come and kind of give you
0: hints. You got to turn the tables. So you want to kind of tell that story? Yeah. uh, I think I came into your office, uh, man, I don't know how many years it was ago now and asked you, had you seen the YouTube short, the night of the doctor?
2: And I said, um, no, no, I had not. So I'm sitting there and so I'm sitting there in my office. You're standing behind me. You know, I, I I turn it on and I, you know, and I keep noticing you're like kind of like you're watching me, I think, more than watching the, uh, the you know, what, what I'm about to see. And lo and behold, I am totally taken away because it was literally not the doctor you were expecting. We saw Paul McGann. <laughs> so, Lee, what did you think of bringing back after all of these years, Paul McGann?
3: It's so hard to surprise us now in this days of social media and, you know, um, the, the constant leaks from the, the producers and so on. And, uh, I'm just so glad that I saw it. I guess I was seeing it the same time Clarence was because, you know, it was, it was out there on the, on the internets. And man, that moment when, when she turns around and we see the doctor from her point of view, I just said, what? It was it was one of those rare, great, total joy moments, because you have to be a a fan of the classic series to even to even get it to even understand what's just happened. We're seeing the eighth doctor for
0: only the second time ever.
3: Just it was it was thrilling.
0: Now I was going to add it. It's so funny because when I originally watched this, I had to go to Kyle and ask him, okay, what the heck is going on? Yeah. And who's many years dude? later. Yeah. Who's that dude? And I I didn't watch the, the doctor Who movie too many years later. And it's cool. Now having, you know, going back and reviewing this and watching it again, uh, and having that context to be like, Oh, this is really awesome to see them bring this guy back. And, you know, um, Sort of like Cal and his computer issues. Uh, <laughs> this doctor ends up in dire straits and uh, lands on a planet. Yes, and oh, crashes I should say. <laughs> yes, yes, and
2: it ties directly into one of the reasons that I wanted to put Lee back into his brain, back into a jar with the <laughs> brain of Morbius, because mm-hmm. the doctor has returned to Karn. Yeah, the sisterhood. Yeah, that,
3: that ship crashes on Karn the way all ships do when they get close to Karn. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So. So. Yeah. yeah you, when you saw that, you didn't have any idea who the Sisterhood of Karn were either. But so no. you don't. You don't have to know all those things to enjoy Night of the Doctor. But.
2: But now that you, you know, do know, it yeah, adds another yeah. layer whatsoever. See, Clarence. Uh, like, both again, of you guys are that, going to learn that I am very <laughs> meticulous in the choices I make.
0: Yeah, man. And, and again, that context from seeing the brain of Morbius, Morbius and seeing, you know, the shipyard of all the ships that have been mm-hmm. drawn to that planet and then crashing there, it adds so much more to seeing this four or five minute short, you know, just just really cool.
2: So, uh, Lee, uh, let me ask you this, because th- this happened to me and I'm curious to see if it happened to you. Did you immediately recognize the um, eighth doctor or did it take you just a moment? No, oh, I, I I got it from his voice.
0: Really? Um,
3: yeah, because I have some of the big finish shows that he that he's ah, done. Okay, so I've, okay. I've been listening to him. I've been listening to the Eighth Doctor for for years. Um, but um, and and I have seen, been watching Paul McGann and other things, and you know, so yeah, it was instantaneous. I was just, as soon as he said the
2: line, I said what. <laughs> yeah. it, it took me maybe a split second half a second a millisecond or whatever but i had that brief you know oh, who is that oh wow that's the eighth doctor kind of reaction
0: well i just i have to ask the question to you guys you know we have talked about how bad the five doctors were how much we think it could have been better you know and then you just more recently the two doctors and uh, i think the, the three doctors is probably our most favorite out of those um those, those few specials. Of the recorder. How how do we rate? How do we rate the Doctor Who movie compared to those other specials? Oh, good one, Lee.
3: Mm. Yeah, I love the first two thirds of the the movie. Um, it just seems to me like it spirals completely out of control in the end, and it's it's sad. I I, I just always wish that the script went in a different direction um but you know it it was still i i'm in a i'm in a facebook group that i that i love being in that's about that's devoted to Star trek the original series. And um, we debate in there every now and then about whether or not the animated series is canon or worth watching or anything, you know, (laughs) and and, and the thing that keeps coming up, because everybody in there, they're all my age. These are all people in their 50s. And we always say, yeah, but see, in the 70s, it was the only Star Trek we had. (laughs) So that's sort of where I was with Doctor Who, the movie. It was like, I'm not I'm not loving this, but it's the only Doctor Who there is.
2: (laughs) So, yeah. Do, do you guys think that his appearance, his being the eighth doctor, his appearance in the night of the doctor, and this may have been, if so, why they even did this for, for one reason. Did it help validate his existence? Because I've, I've heard of some people say, um, you know, before then, after then, oh, well, he's not really part of the doctor, you know, who, because that was so different and et cetera and so forth do is there any validation there for him to appear there
3: oh 100% i mean
2: when, when, as he's
3: get holding the chalice to drink and accept the the gift that the sister to give you know he sort of says goodbye to all of his companions and he mentions all of the companions from the big finish adventures correct absolutely so so that's that's canonizing not only him as the eighth doctor but and because he's going to transition into the the war doctor but also big finish why would you do this for me
1: you have helped us in the past
4: you will never be on
3: gratitude
1: the war between the Daleks and the Time Lords threatens all reality you are the only hope left
4: it's not my war I will have no part of it you can't ignore it forever I help where I can I will not fight because you are the good man as you call yourself I call myself the doctor
1: it's the same thing in your mind I'd like to think so in that case doctor attend your patient wasting your time she is beyond even our help she wanted to see the universe she didn't miss much
4: it's very nearly over i could have saved her i could have got her
1: off this She wouldn't listen then she was wiser than you she understood there was no escaping the time war you are a part of this doctor whether you like it or not i would rather die you're dead already how many more will you let join you if she could speak what would she say
4: to me nothing i'm a time lord everything she despised
1: she would beg your help as we beg your help now the universe stands on the brink will you let it fall fast or strong wise or angry what do you need now
4: warrior I suppose there's any need for a doctor anymore make me a warrior now I took the liberty of preparing
1: this one myself
4: get out, get out all of you will it hurt? yes good Charlie carries Lucy, terms in Molly Friends, companions, I've known, I salute you. And Cass, I apologize. Physician, heal thyself.
0: It definitely validates them, and, um, like Lee briefly mentioned, it does bridge the gap in the sense to uh to transition us on to, to the War Doctor. And I think it
2: also takes away, just kind of picking up off what you just said, Clarence, I think it just kind of takes away that ability now to say, well, now we didn't see this, or we didn't see the Eighth Doctor Regenerate. Are we sure there's not another one between him and him? You had that definitive yeah. answer. He came after Seven. He came before uh, the war doctor. This is where he falls into the entire story.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah, and, and I know and, and we'll get I, to it. Oh, go ahead.
0: Sorry. No, I was just going to mention that this episode continues to bridge gaps and ties loose ends in a lot of ways. I feel mm, curious. How? Yeah. What else? I mean, even when we get to the end where we see um, the War Doctor transition into um, uh, Eccleston, I mean, it, it does that in a way that, you know, um, people were wondering, you know, I, I know it had to be a lot of wondering when we first got New Who, you know, what happened in between, like you just mentioned. So I think that does a little bit more to bri- bridge that gap as well to make that full picture of Doctor to Doctor to Doctor. I, I do feel that.
2: Yeah, I, I think that makes perfect sense and is very valid. Uh, I will, I will say this in that brief five minutes or three minutes or however long it was, it actually made me want to see more of him and and wish in some way that he would have been participating in, in some fashion in the, um, you know, the day of the doctor proper. You know, I think that would have been perhaps cool. (laughs) He is in the five ish doctors, but. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
3: Um, Yeah. And, you know, as you say that, I'm just realizing for the first time he, uh, Paul McGann, gets to be the only doctor who has exactly two stories, both of which are regeneration stories. I never
2: noticed that, but you're right. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) That's
3: that's probably never going
2: to happen again. (laughs) (laughs) Never say never. Well, that's right. You never know. Uh, the ghost of Michael grade may come back and haunt us or he, he may still be alive, but still he, the presence of Michael grade it's the presence. I mean. Yes. So um I want to do, you know, briefly mention the sisterhood really, really quickly. I think that that was so cool to bring back the sisterhood the way they did and let it not just be a one-off. We saw the sisterhood several times in the 12th doctors era. So I thought that, was really cool how they waited years, but yet they brought him back specifically. Oh, or or you know, they brought her back again.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I've always thought that, um, it, 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 because I'm such a big fan of brain and Morbius, it's always helped me to feel like, um, that's, uh, a supremely legitimate part of classic who, because, New Who kept touching on the sisterhood of Karn. I thought, well, that's not going to make sense to anybody who's never seen. So it's it's <laughs> it was sort of New Who's way of saying, okay, look, this one serial <laughs> is essential viewing from the classic series. you you got to see yeah. Brain and Morbius. So I love that. Yeah. Of course I love
2: it. I mean, but he did kind of explain it. He did say, am I back on Karn? The Keeper, mm-hmm. and I love this. The Keepers of the Flame of Utter Boredom. Yeah. Eternal life. Yeah. It's the same thing. But what yeah. if I get bored? You know, what if I want to read a book or I mean, bring me knitting. Yeah. yeah, it's very witty.
0: Did, did anybody else find it interesting that they said he can be anyone he wants to be? There were like several options, which I found kind of weird. Yeah.
3: And, and I was just about to bring that up. Uh, preparatory to this, I watched it again and I was struck once again by the fact that this isn't about regeneration. He's dead. Yeah yeah they they they've made it clear that he is in fact dead and they have resurrected him for for this moment so that they can participate in 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 him his in, in what he's going to do in the time war
0: yeah what what i think that this episode or these 35 minutes really accomplishes is it it um it it gives you a sense of the gravity of the time war because even from the the lady that was flying the spaceship, you know, yeah. she she's a time lord and she's like, no, I don't want your help. Get out of my way. Get off my ship. And um uh, that's even echoed again when we get on the planet. And the sisterhood is like, you know, uh, we need you. We can't let you die. We need you to fight this war and win this war. So it, it kind of elevates the gravity of things.
2: Yeah. And it gives a whole new meaning or a whole new understanding to this version of the doctor that you know previously went unspoken
0: yeah totally agreed So
2: let's, you know, the, you know, dawn is coming and, you know, the <laughs> night is over. So we are into the day of the doctor. So I'm curious, Clarence, in that first few seconds, since we've been reviewing things lately in this series of, uh, review episodes of classic Who. Now we're transitioning into new Who. Did something or anything look familiar there at
0: the very very beginning? Yes, yes, and I have a note here on my <laughs> on my notepad it I will say that part felt a little bit too much fan service because it made no sense whatsoever for that sign to be sitting out there on that curb I mean that's, or on that fence or whatever
3: yeah, that's my problem with it too. That's just
2: too on the nose it's yeah it's too convenient.
0: Oh, it was cool. No,
3: it was, cool. I enjoyed. That's right. I enjoyed it anyway, but yeah.
2: Oh, no. See, I'm, I'm, I'm totally disagreeing with you. The whole, the, 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 the guy walking and you see that and it's black and white and, and they start with the original theme. I'm like, you know, geeked out from ear to ear. So, you know, I'm just loving that. So
0: no, totally, totally disagree with you. Absolutely love that. <laughs> I mean, it's also okay. continuing this theme that we saw in the the name of the doctor of you know uh, seeing old scenes, um, classic nostalgia, and you know they start this episode off with a good bit of nostalgia to get you in, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the little tidbits
2: that is not easily recognizable is when you see Clara in this first scene and she's wiping off the chalkboard, she's wiping around
0: the words, no more. Ah, totally didn't notice that. Totally cool.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it took me a few few uh, views of this to catch that, but I did see it, yeah.
2: And... When she is, you know, first getting on the bike and is riding out uh to the TARDIS, she passes by a clock on the street that has it at 5.15, which is, I believe, the same time Doctor Who aired on November the 23rd at 5.15 p.m. in Britain. So, Correct. Wow. Wow.
0: Yep. These so another are deep little, Easter eggs. Another yeah. little, little tidbit right there. <laughs> All I was Which, thinking was Clara on the bike is awesome. That's awesome. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: um, you know, from the very beginning, we see, you know, the, you know, Clara and the 11th doctor back together. And Clarence, you made a comment to me the other day that my brain has kind of just glossed over. When we end the end, you know, at the name of the doctor and the, war doctor is revealed as what's made up to look like this secret that he was so ashamed of and you're thinking at least i did okay this is the valley yard this is something bad you know what is this person that he's hidden even from himself and then the next thing you see is everything's hunky-dory so what did you guys uh think of that and clarence let you go first
0: yeah, that that was very jarring to me because, you know, having recently watched the name of the doctor, you know, last week and we're coming in here where, again, like you said, everything seems OK. And um it was very distracting in a way because I had to actually jump on <laughs> jump on slack and, and text you to be like, OK, weren't we just in a time stream a few uh, seconds ago in the last episode? So they never I guess they never explained how they got out. No, of they the never time
2: did. Lee, do do you know if they did? Because I don't think they did. Uh, no, no, not that I'm aware of, no. And see, neither did I. I think they just went yeah. directly into things had moved on, and uh-huh. there we are.
3: Well, I I, I, I was looking at um, the the notes that people have posted on IMDb about uh, Day of the Doctor earlier today, and I was struck by somebody somebody's observation that. Really, Day of the Doctor is a prequel to Rose. Huh. And, that, and that you really you can only understand the show from that perspective. You have to understand that that's what it is. And once I started thinking about it that way, I thought, yeah, yeah, the guy who comes out of the TARDIS who's, and he's after the Autons, that does follow directly on in in mood. And and he's he's the battle scarred doctor. He's the one who's who is still um a really grieving what he did in the time war. And so, yeah, by the time we're getting out to something like name of the doctor, we're not talking about it anymore. It's so, yeah. Very, very, very good way. Very good way to look at that. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, I, was, I, you know, we'll never know who made that comment, but I, I thought, so I, I know you're talking about story logic, but, but just emotionally that, but that's the, to me, that's, that really helps me to understand that.
0: Now, as I was just said the comment is made when they're in the tower. There's a comment made about Tennant's doctor that he's the. Uh, so, not sulk, not sulk. So sulk wasn't the word they used, but they said Matt Matt Smith's doctor was the for, forget her or something. I, I can't remember exactly what they said, mm-hmm. but they would kind of say that one of them was kind of sulking and the other one yeah. was forgetting it. I can't remember the exact terminology. Yeah, me
2: either. But I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know exactly what you. Uh, yeah. uh You know that. Yeah, and that he forgets things. He's the because that they. I think they were playing up the fact that he's always so you know cheerful and happy because that's that's his coping mechanism.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that, that plays exactly into what Lee just said, because especially in Eccleson's Doctor, he was the one who felt the gravity of what had just happened. And uh, I would imagine if you go back and watch those episodes, you will see it in the way he his cadence and the way he acts. So, um, yeah, that definitely makes a, a lot of sense in, in, in this context.
2: You know, the, the interesting thing or one of the interesting things that I like about watching Doctor Who is – because it is so well done with wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey, literally, that you can go back and you can watch these episodes again, even outside the river episodes, but you can watch pretty much any episodes in the way they intertwine the storylines amongst themselves. You can go back and watch the Ninth Doctor era, knowing now about the War Doctor, and it pl- completely at least it did for me, changes some of your perceptions of him as a doctor.
0: Yeah, yeah, agreed, Mm -hmm. agreed.
2: So immediately after, you know, Clara comes into the TARDIS, they basically get scooped up by unit. We see Kate Lethbridge-Stewart once again, and we see the first appearance of Osgood. Any thoughts on Osgood's first appearance? Well, the scarf is certainly foreshadowing. uh, (laughs) (laughs) But I did like the throwaway line, nice scarf. (laughs) Nice scarf. So my thought was, how did you, you know, immediately, how did you know or not know the, uh, you know, or even ask, where did you get that scarf from? Or did he just one off say, nice scarf?
3: Well, I remember Uh, in one of the, um, the, the, um, Oh, it's one of the with the David Tennant specials, the the tenth Doctor special episodes, and now I can't even remember what it's called. I didn't I didn't enjoy those much, and haven't rewatched them. But um, but there is a character there who is the Doctor's biggest fan, and he's a UNIT guy. Do you know what I'm talking about? And he's just he he is fanboy, and he's just sort of chasing him around, and he just wants to ask him questions about being the Doctor. And uh, and and I like that idea because it makes sense that people from UNIT they really would know the Doctor. You know, I think way that's back. the
2: one where they're on the bus and there's the creatures in mm-hmm. the desert. Right. But I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And our fans
3: listening to the show are shouting at their devices. <laughs> yes. yeah. But um, anyway, so I apologize for forgetting what it's called. But uh, but yeah, so I, I, I thought Osgood just connected to that character, that she's another one of those people who probably joined unit
2: in the hopes that one day they might run into the Doctor. So I have a question for the two of you, and it's something that they've kind of referenced, but they've never solidified it, but it it was kind of like a one-off line that the Zygon version of Osgood made when she first replicated Osgood, or he, I'm assuming, or the, the Zygon in general. Are Kate and Osgood sisters? Hmm.
3: That, that would never have occurred to me. I, okay, but yeah. let me
2: tell you why yeah. I asked that. Yeah. The, uh, the Zygon says to, or the Zygon version of Osgood says to Osgood something about, or I bet you wish I would have replicated your sister, or something to that effect. So my oh, point right. was, how would the, you know, why even make that
0: reference well it, it, my understanding on that cuz cuz she thinks her sister looks better than her is kind of what was said in that phrase too so yeah. i i okay. i can I take thought, it that way mm-hmm. yeah so that was the reason i thought that, that that
2: statement was made the only other reason that i thought that they might be sisters and i may just be grasping at straws here was because osgood was having the uh, you know, panic attack and needed her inhaler. And Kate s- just seemed like an older sister said, don't forget your inhaler. You know, that could mm, be, yeah. you know, work friend too. Uh, yeah. But it just seemed, you know, like elder sister kind of something. Hmm. But again, I may be, you know, yeah. you know, making more out of it than what it yeah. was. Yeah. But, but go write the fan fiction by all means. Uh, yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we see you know the queen of uh you know england we see elizabeth the (laughs) first in a painting and then of course we see the tenth doctor in the painting as well um what did you guys think of the call that the guide got at the very beginning where he's talking about the painting what did you guys think of that or did you have any thoughts initially of that
0: I did not. Uh, of course, at the end, we do get, you know, to know that's Matt Smith calling him. But but I didn't think anything of it in the beginning. I just thought it seemed kind of weird.
2: <laughs> Lee, what about you? I I, I was
3: I, I think I felt like I was on the alert for something that would um, get us properly into this being a, chi- a time travel story. And so when something unaccountable happened like that and he had that odd reaction, I thought, ah, there's going to be a moment later on where we're going to see this happen. Yeah. (laughs) And we're going to we're going to we're going to we're going to find out what the other end of that phone call
2: was. So Uh, I just it just made me happy. And I thought, I hope I'm right about this. Okay, so I got something completely different than both of you, which is cool. Mm. I immediately, I guess, went negative with it and thinking, okay, is someone trying to steal the painting? Hmm. Mm. You know, because I was assuming sure. that they're there for a reason. So my brain was looking at for not the time or not, you know, watching it and and then seeing the, you know, Matt later. And and my brain was saying, where's the bad guy? And whenever mm. I saw something I couldn't explain, I immediately went to, ah, there's
0: the bad guy. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, makes sense. Yeah. Well, this is this is one of a couple of times that uh there may be more, but that I particularly noticed that we get kind of a, uh, a breadcrumb and it's kind of paid off by the end of the episode. I think another instance was when um we first see the A.I. open the portal and the fez comes through, you know, I'm like, OK, what's going on with that? But, you know, it's paid off by the end of the episode. And, you know, to me, this is another instance of that, you know, kind of the foreshadowing and then the payoff.
2: Speaking of the Fez, he couldn't resist the Fez. <laughs>
0: Obviously. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, um, you know, immediately, you know, they come in there. What did you guys think of how the paintings looked? The, the moments, the Gallifrey and embassy, you know, not embassy. I'm thinking Podshock here. Uh, the <laughs> Gallifreyan and artwork of a moment in time being frozen. What did you think of that?
3: Maybe maybe the question is uh, how many of us saw it in the theater in 3D.
0: <gasps> oh, wow, wow. And hmm.
3: how was that just, experience, Mister Lee? <laughs> it, it was it was fantastic. It was some of the best <laughs> cinematic 3D, uh, and the effect still works, you know, flat on your TV. But I mean, uh, the big audience I was with, we gasped. The first time we saw the the focus on the painting, the, the 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 shot of the painting tilt to one side, and everything in it moved in
2: perspective. We all went,
3: "Ooh, oh. <laughs> it was fantastic!" Yeah. All
2: right. So so I'm going to go off on a tangent here because you know I never go off on tangents, but um, no. uh, since you mentioned that, I, I I'm curious, and I'm going to ask you the same question, Clarence. But what prompted your decision to see it in the theater with with bunches of people as opposed to seeing it at home, you know, with your wife or whomever and whatever. So wh- tell us about that decision. What made you do that? What made you want to?
3: Uh, oh, just the, the, the feeling that this was uh, it's definitely something special. A, the a 50th anniversary is only going to happen once. And, um, uh, I just had the the strong feeling this is going to be something that deserved to be projected on the big screen. And, um, and I was in a place that has lots of who fans. And yeah. so we were, um, so the place was absolutely packed and it was, uh, a, 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 a party spirit prevailed, you know, <laughs> it was, it was just a big celebration. So, yeah, it, it just felt like it was, I, I knew, I knew it was going to be something special.
0: Yeah, hearing you say that now, it feels like so a, a bit of inside baseball. So I wonder, did mm. they put the 3D in there because they knew it was going to 3D theaters, or was that the original yeah. intent? Um, which one? It it even looks cool on a regular, you know, 2D mm-hmm. television. Yes. I admit, yeah, I really admit. But man, seeing any 3D, I had I guess it had to be pretty awesome.
3: There, there was a little um introductory um, segment uh, before the 3d presentation that was David Tennant and Matt Smith more or less out of character talking to the audience and explaining to you what it was going to look like and it was it was a clever script and it was mostly the two of them ragging each other about their physical appearance but um so was so Matt Smith saying, yeah, you'll need the special glasses, because when this guy turns sideways, you can't really see him at all. <laughs> and, uh, and, and David Tennant you know, said, yes. And and whenever he turns his head from side to side, you, you may have this effect of this chin about to knock you out of your seat. <laughs> oh, so just, you know, wow. but that's just the glasses. It's it's just an effect. You know. It was it was very cute.
2: So, yeah. Clarence, did
0: you, no. you 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 didn't see it in theaters, did you? No, I did not. I did not. And, you know, I think we talked about this before when we were at uh, Hulana, you know, how would we react to viewing who with a bunch of Whovians or, or people who love Dr. Who? Uh, I don't know. I think we're um, I know mainly you. I think I'll be all right with it. But I think mainly you and maybe you can answer to this. I think you more of the I want to sit alone in front of my TV and consume this in all its glory is kind of person. Mm-hmm
2: yeah yeah you're' you're referring to me right <laughs> yes, yes yes uh very much so I mean even the uh when we were living at Hattiesburg at the time i um knew that the local comic shop that I went to bombshell comics and stuff um Was even having a viewing party. And I mean, I was, you know, friends with the guy that owned it, you know, and he said, Oh, you know, I'm having a party. And I told him, I was like, look, I'm going to be on my couch, uh, when it comes (laughs) on, because I, I, I don't know. There was just something about experiencing that in front of the television that just, I, I, I would go today and watch it in 3D and have ball watching it with the two of you or you know a group of people. But that first time, I I don't know why. I just wanted to see it in front of the TV, kind of like the way it was, and I don't want to say the way it was meant to be, but the, you know, that that original experience, so to speak. Yeah,
0: yep. and 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 just kind of piggyback off the 3D effects in the show, I thought the the effects that we had for the time war um and then a little bit later at the end where we showed you know all the doctors coming in to save the day i thought the special effects in this was was top notch and you know up until like the last few episodes of capaldi doesn't seem like i really remember an episode since that's been this high budgeted you know as far as special effects i could be wrong maybe you guys can prove me wrong on that no, no, but but I really felt like the scale and the believability of what they did, especially in the first few minutes when they're showing the Time War, made me feel like it was a big thing. You know, it didn't feel like we were isolated on the set somewhere at first. You know, it felt like it was a big deal. And I, I you know, that's a really cool thing about this episode.
4: Mm.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, that's a
3: good point. They were they were clearly treating it as a motion picture, and I think it's that's why I wanted to see it on a big screen with a lot of people. Yeah.
2: So what did you guys think of the way they reintroduced the Tenth Doctor, meaning you see him with Elizabeth I, not immediately when you see him. It's not a dramatic moment. It's more carefree, lighthearted, et cetera, and so forth. Uh, Lee, from a writing perspective, do you agree with that choice, or what, what are your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. It was, it was a marker of a different tone
3: and that we're, we're going to get playful now that we're going to get silly now. And, um, it was, yeah, I think it plays beautifully. Um, and, and I was also happy at that moment because, um, you know, there was, there's been a discussion in the fandom, I guess, since the reboot of the series, um, uh, of classic, villains from the past, classic uh, alien races, who would you like to see brought back? You know, we've seen the Daleks, we've seen the Cybermen, we've seen the, the Autons and on and on. And and I was always saying, Zygons. I really would love to see the new series bring back the Zygons.
2: And there they were. Hooray. Agreed. Yeah,
3: were awesome.
2: Agreed. So, you know, the Zygons was a one-off experience. So what, you know, uh, you know Lee, can you kind of just... Give us an idea of what that first story was
3: um, it's a fourth doctor adventure we uh, with the companions um uh, Sarah Jane and harry Sullivan and um, and it's a very earthbound story kind of a kind of a low budget story um, but what's interesting is that there are these um, ex- extraordinary looking aliens who have the power to assume other shapes. And they just had a lot of fun with that. It's a it's a it's a really good script. Um yeah. It's just a lot of fun. I just always like the audacity of their design. They have suckers all over their head and so on, which doesn't make a bit of sense, but yeah, it's it's <laughs> fine. I, I I can't look at them now without thinking about uh uh watching that with my uh my buddy David Duncan and and saying to him, what possible purpose could having suckers on their heads be? And he said, well, like everything else in nature, it's probably related to mating. (laughs) And I said, good. Now I can't get that picture out of my my head.
0: head. (laughs) Uh, Upon seeing, you know, David Tennant uh, be introduced in this story, I have to admit, I mean, I guess we don't know where in Tennant's timeline this falls. But 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 I I, a I, def- I definitely was thinking, man, River has to really hate this right now. Where's River? River can't be allow- allowing this to go on. He's gonna marry her. River, where's River? <laughs> so I mean, I'm pretty sure it's before he meets River. Uh, um, and and but still, I I was in the back of my head thinking, where's River? <laughs> The whole time. But see, think about it, Tennant. That
2: version of the doctor allegedly did not know who River was. She just knows. I mean, he just knows that that she knows his name. Hmm. Is that he doesn't know it's his wife? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's,
3: wow. it's because he's by himself. It's a little hard to place it in the time his timeline as we know it. Yeah. Because he's not there with Rose or with um, Donna um but if it's so it's if it's somehow between losing Rose and gaining Donna, then he hasn't met Riversong yet, yeah, good yeah. point, so, good point.
2: Um, um now, for some reason, and i I'm trying to remember why I thought this. I thought that this uh may have been, and it may have been his reference to you know getting married, but I think it was between the waters of Mars. I think that was the last one before the end of time and the end of time because of a comment that he makes when he gets out of the TARDIS, when he's on the planet of the Ood.
0: Hmm.
2: Hmm. Interesting. And he was wearing the brown suit and he was wearing the brown suit when he arrives on the planet of the Ood. So this may be right before the end of time for him. I can certainly imagine the discussion
3: uh, with the, uh, Stephen Moffat and everybody else was, uh, you know what, we're going to let the fans figure this out because yeah. there, there really isn't an actual plan here. But we're going <laughs> to let us pretend like there is one.
2: And speaking of there being a plan and there actually well, is a plan, what did you guys think of switching then to seeing, uh, you know, the war doctor? being on Gallifrey and, uh, actually having, uh, you know, stealing this, this thing called the moment.
0: What, what, what were your thoughts on that? And Clarence, you go first. I thought it was really interesting at first and maybe still, even now, I don't really know why they chose to make Rose, the AI construct there. I mean, I know from a fan point of view, uh, we want to see Rose, (laughs) but, but, you know, um, and, of course, she has a tie to tenet, but I still felt like, OK, this is kind of weird. It doesn't really fit. But, you know, they kind of justified it by the end, I guess, a little. But it, it felt a little weird. And, you know, the whole thing of there being this ultimate Gallifreyan weapon uh, that uh, is, is, could end the war, I thought was really cool. and And I like I like the decision, you know. How are we going to play this decision? What this decision means for the future doctors, and how we can do some timey wimey stuff to change that.
2: Okay, good point. Good point. Mm-hmm. So, Lee, what did you think? You know, I would say very much the same things. I uh,
3: I know that one of the big promises I, I remember in all the advertising was that um, this is going to have um, this is going to have Billy Piper in it. And that it's obviously going to be a time travel story. And I thought, I remember thinking, feeling uncomfortable about that because the, the way we've tied up the Rose story at that point was so tidy and so nice. And I just didn't want to mess with it. Yeah. Um, Sort of foreshadowing the way that we cannot let a companion just go on the series. It's something that's really starting to get on my nerves. Um, They always have to boomerang a little bit um but but then when we when we meet her she is it's not rose it's billy yeah. Piper as the moment as the moment she identifies herself as the bad wolf in fact um which is which is intriguing um but um so so i i, I love that i love that that's that's her, and she's wonderful it's not rose yeah and that's i i thought that was very clever.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I never even really, even though I knew, you know, it was Billy Piper, like you said, I never saw her as
0: Rose. Um, I guess I did a bit. There's one moment, I guess, when, when the uh, war doctor says bad wolf intended looks around <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, I I thought that was really, really cool. But, bad but wolf I mean, girl, I could kiss you. Oh, see, I know you oh, knew that. So. Did you say bad wolf?
2: <laughs> Is that what you meant? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just just
1: yep. curious. <laughs> You're not actually suggesting that we change our own personal history. We
5: change history all the time.
6: I'm suggesting something far worse. What exactly? Gentlemen,
1: I have had 400 years to think about this. I've changed my mind.
6: a billion billion
5: daleks up there attacking yeah there is there is but there's something those billion billion daleks don't know because if they did they'd probably send for reinforcements. what what don't they know <laughs> this time there's three of us oh! oh oh yes that is good that is brilliant oh Oh, oh, I'm getting that too. That is brilliant. <laughs> I've been thinking about it for centuries. She didn't just show me any old future. She told me exactly the future I needed to see. Now you're getting it. Hey. Oh, Who did? bad wolf girl, I could kiss you. Yeah, that's going to happen.
6: Sorry, did you just say uh,
5: bad wolf? Uh, uh, so what are we doing? What's the plan?
6: The Dalek fleets are surrounding Gallifrey, firing on it constantly. Sky trenches hold the
5: what if the whole planet
1: just disappeared?
5: Tiny bit of an ask.
1: The Daleks would be firing on each other. They'd destroy themselves in their own
6: crossfire. Gallifrey would be gone, the Daleks would be destroyed, and it would look to the rest of the universe
5: as if they'd annihilated each other. But where would Gallifrey be?
6: Frozen.
1: Frozen in an instant of time. Safe and hidden away. Exactly night.
0: I mean, I, I do like how, I mean, we were mentioning old characters being brought back and the significance of that and how no one's ever really dead and so on. I do like at least in this iteration of bringing favorites or older characters back, they at least made an attempt to make them look sort of like they did before as opposed well, to <laughs> other specials we've talked about where they made yeah. no attempt. <laughs> so. I I really like that about that. They try at least try to make them look like they, their former selves. And, you know,
2: you know, we, we, we got some great one-liners and, you know, kind of, kind of let's, you know, fast forward a little bit. We see the point, you know, we've seen the war doctor and he meets the moment and they're they go to this barn, which we see the barn again later in the 12th doctors era. But you, you see, um, you know, you see those two together and then she says she's going to foreshadow into his future. So when that happens, that's when the, the 10th doctor, that's when the 11th doctor, uh you know, come into the story. So curious, uh, and I've, I've been pointing these to Clarence, so I guess I'll go lead to you this time. That initial time when we have Matt Smith's 11th, David Tennant's 10th doctor, Face to face, what were your initial thoughts?
5: Okay, you used to be me. You've done all this before. What happens next? I don't remember. How can you forget this? Hey, hang on. It's not my fault. You're obviously not paying enough attention. Reverse the polarity. It's not working. We're
1: both reversing the polarity. Yes, I know that. There's two of us. I'm reversing it. You're reversing it back again. We're confusing the polarity
6: affairs you how can you be here what are the point why are you here (laughs) good afternoon I'm looking for the doctor well you've certainly come to the right place good right who are you boys oh of course are you his companions his companions they get younger all the time Well, if you could point me in the general direction of the doctor. Really? Yeah. Really? You're me. Both of you. Yep. Even that one. Yes. You're my future selves. Yes. Yes. Am I having a midlife crisis? Why are you pointing your screwdrivers like that? They're scientific instruments, not water pistols. Look no. like you've seen a ghost.
5: Phil, loving the posh gravelly things. Wake him in. <laughs> Brave words, Dick Van Dyke.
6: Encircle oh, so- them. Yeah.
5: Which of you is the doctor?
3: The Queen of England is bewitched. I would have the doctor's head.
6: Well, this has all the makings of your lucky day.
5: think this fear them now there's a precedent for that
4: what is that
6: oh the pointing again they're screwdrivers what are you gonna do assemble a cabinet at them that thing what witchcraft is it
5: ah yes now that you mention it that is witchcraft yes 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 witchy witchcraft hello hello in there excuse me hello am i talking to the wicked witch of the well he means you Why am I the witch? Clara? Hello? Clara, hi. Hello. Hello. Would you mind telling these prattling mortals to get themselves big on? What he said. Just a tiny bit more colour. Right. Prattling mortals. Off you pop. Or I'll turn you all into frogs. Oh, frogs. Nice, you heard her. (sighs) Doctor, what's going on? It's a timey-wimey thing. Tiny what? Timey, why me? I've,
6: I've no idea where he picks that stuff up.
5: The Queen. Queen. The Queen!
6: You don't seem to be kneeling. How tremendously brave of you.
5: Which one are you? What happened to the other one? Indisposed. Long live the Queen. Long live the Queen! Arrest these men take them to the tower that is not the queen of england that's an alien duplicate and you can take it from him because he's really checked oh shut up venom sacks in the tongue seriously stop it no hang on the tower did you say the tower ah <laughs> yes brilliant love the tower breakfast at eight please will there be wi-fi
6: are you capable of speaking without flapping your hands about
5: yes no i demand to be incarcerated in the tower immediately with my co-conspirators Sandshoes and Grandad. Grandad? they're not sand yes they are silence the tower is not to
1: be taken lightly very few emerge
5: again. Dear God, that man's clever. Come
3: on. Oh, the, this is a multi-doctor story done right. Yes. Um, yes. I was just so, so pleased. And, um, you know, you and I were handing at this when we were talking about the two doctors, was that it, if you're going to have two doctors in the same story, for heaven's sake, let's have them do things together. Because surely that's what's interesting about having them both in the story, you know. And, um, and they're side by side. Almost throughout. And and then by the time they catch up with the war doctor, then it's the three of them together. And those are my favorite things about the the whole story. So
0: many good moments. So many good moments. Yeah. I'm 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 thinking in particular uh, the one moment I guess when the po- time portal or whatever you call it first opens and they pull out their sonics and they try <laughs> to reverse the polarity at the same time they're they're both re- reversing the reversing the polarity and it's like you're just confusing the polarity. <laughs> so so many good moments like that so in this episode. line,
2: yeah. <laughs> We're just confusing the polarity. That's great. Right. I'm looking for the Doctor. Who are you boys? Are you his companions? They keep getting younger <laughs> all the time. <laughs> you know. Why are oh. you raising, why are you waving your sonic screwdrivers around? They're they're a uh they're scientific, scientific instrument, not, yeah. not a
4: no, weapon. Not a water no, pistol. Not a water pistol, exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
3: So that's right, yeah. It's a so screwdriver. Great. What do could do, assemble a cabinet at him. That's 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 my favorite.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, and then they had the one point where they would talk. They both pulled their Sonics out, and he's like, "Uh, I guess uh, Matt's missile's bigger, and uh, yes. <laughs> I think, uh, Tennessee compensating or something like that." <laughs> <laughs> like these guys agree. So many good one liners
2: in the show, man. And they played off each other so well. Oh yeah. You know, it, it seemed like uh, you know, I'm I'm hearing Lee describe, you know, the back and forth banter, you know, he's so skinny you can't see him. His chin is so big it'll pop out at you. You know, their 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 chemistry between each other just really played well uh on the screen. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, and and I kinda of hope that somewhere down the line we get to see Capaldi. Interacting with these guys because I, I think that would really be special. Of course, you know, we're getting the Capaldi with, with, you know, the first doctor. I'm, I'm sure that's mm-hmm. going to be great. But man, I want to see him with these guys on screen because they're fantastic.
3: It's one of the things I remember most vividly about the experience of seeing this with a big audience was that guys, that moment when we saw Peter Capaldi's eyes. <laughs> The audience screamed. I mean, it, the excitement yeah. was so high about the, you know, about the, the announced uh, 12th doctor. But I mean, when he said 13, that audience just went nuts. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, was fantastic.
2: Was... Yeah. <laughs> so um, I want to ask a couple of questions now, and I think this is the perfect time to do it about the war doctor, because we're talking about how he's interacting You know, I know John Hurt's not with us anymore. He unfortunately passed away this year. But, you know, regardless of, you know, the other accolades of the um, actor himself, the War Doctor as a character, what did you guys think of, you know, obviously they had to make a decision because Christopher Eccleston was not, you know, going to come back. What did you guys think of, the war doctor
0: as a character. And Clarence, um, you take it first. I I really loved him. Um for all the things we say about the perceived weight that we think Christopher Elkinson's doctor carried from this burden of the time war, man, you could just feel it on John Hurt, man. He <laughs> the way he played the character and carried the the weight of or the impact of what's going on in this story, it's written all over his face. I mean, throughout the story. And I, I that's what I really, really love about him. And I mean, I, I don't think they could have made a better decision on the, the story for him or the actor. Cause he just did a fantastic job.
2: Okay. Sir, leave. What did you think? Well, I, I'm, I'm
3: probably not, um, can't be impartial because he's a, um, uh, an actor that I tremendously admire and have for so long that I was, I, I was ready to love whatever he did, <laughs> but uh, you know, um, but, um, but the Clarence is right. And it, it's, it's exactly the thing that a, an actor of his, uh, stature can bring to a role like that, it, that it, he doesn't have, even when he doesn't have lines that specifically address the burden that he carries, he still makes it implicit in every movement and speech. And we feel it. Yeah. And uh, I just think that's extraordinary. Um, I always feel that he was he was robbed of an Oscar back in 1979 because he stars in one of my favorite movies of all time, um, David Lynch's film, The Elephant Man. Um, but because he is John Merrick, you can only barely see his face. It's a performance that's done entirely with body posture with his stance and with that remarkable voice of his and um but you know i think a lot of people do, no nobody ever wins an oscar the andy circus is it's going to be hard for him to win an oscar for example you know we, we yeah. people judge acting performances by people's faces and that's um maybe that's a bias, you know, but I I think it, I think it cost John hurt the Oscar that, that he, he deserved for the elephant man. Um, and he's just, he's just magnificent and I Claudius and everything else. So, um, so yeah, I knew he was going to bring that kind of gravitas to this, to this role. This is a man who he's in hell. He is in hell. Um, and the happy ending of this story is they figure out a way for him to get out.
2: Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So speaking of the war doctor, you know, the war doctor was the result of the actor, Christopher Eccleston, the ninth doctor, not returning. So what about his not returning? Do, do, I mean, as an actor, you know, it's his right. He's moved on. He, he, he does, he owes per se nothing to Doctor Who, but You know, Lee, uh, you've been on stage before. If you were in that position, do you think he made the right decision? Um, Is it not our place to make that judgment or or what are your thoughts? I I think
3: that that now even he doesn't think he made the right decision. Um, And, you know, and Tom Baker, he's just doing what Tom Baker did, that after he left the role, he didn't want to come back and have anything to do with it. And he's on record saying now that that was that was a mistake. Right. Um, and that he wishes he could do it over, um, to which we all say, so do we. Um, but, um, y- you know, uh, w- your career is all you have as an actor and, and you have to be proprietary you have to, you have to protect it. And I know that Eccleston felt like he was trying to protect his own identity and not be forever tied with being the night doctor. Um, I don't know. Uh, it, yeah. it is it is an incredibly high stakes coin toss to make of
0: these things. But, you know. What do you think, Clarence? Um, I, I think it's one of the things you have to either embrace or, or move on. You know, you have some doctors that come along or actors that come along playing the doctor that embrace it. And, you know, he chose to move on. I, I'm, I can't say whether it's the right or wrong decision, but I mean,. I do think of other actors. I mean, I can say some names and then instantly you'll think of the character they played. Daniel Craig, Sean Connery.
4: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: So, I mean, I don't begrudge him for, for not coming back, but us as fans, of course we want him to come back. We want to see him play the doctor again. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's too late for him to come back, but you know, it sucks that he missed this excellent opportunity to be, part of something that's that's huge and you know he'll never be forgotten as a doctor anyway but you know I, he should he should, he should uh, you know come back for his fans when he can I think now more day uh, well maybe a little bit more nowadays that a lot of actors are more in tune with their fan base and I want to say this is kind of him not being in tune with his fan base but you know he, he did what he had to do <laughs> You know, I I will say this
2: about him. I think when he took the role of the doctor, you know, there was no guarantee that the audience was going to accept he and Billy Piper. There was no guarantee that there would be a second series. And, you know, Doctor Who had been off the air you know since 1989 and this is 2003 2004 when this started going into production so i can see you know him not thinking that it would become the phenomenon that it it has since yeah. become having Agreed. said that you know there's there's a difference between he and tom baker leaving for all my understanding whether he didn't like how the you know uh, things were on set or n- not he made that choice to leave by my own understanding of the tom baker exit and lee feel free to correct me here tom was more kind of like uh, you need to go more so than tom saying okay i want to leave
3: mm, you no know, my understanding was that he felt like seven years was long enough and that it was time to move on Mm-hmm. That's okay. what I've, that's what I've always understood. Yeah. Uh, see, my I, 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 It's like he's the last classic doctor who left under his own power.
2: Okay. <laughs> well, he, I, I see, I, I took, I always took it as, you know, they had brought in John Nathan Turner, who'd made a lot of changes, changed his coat, changed, you know, the scarf, changed the intro, and more so made so many. And that's one of the reasons I've mm-hmm. always been kind of critical of JNT. Was because it, I think I read somewhere that all the changes Tom kind of saw the writing was on the wall that, you know, they're trying to make this not be about you and that comments were made that this was Dr. Who, not the Tom Baker show. And Mm. that led to a, his leaving and also influenced his decision not to come back for the fifth, I mean, for the uh, 20th or 25th or
3: whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, I think both of those things are true that he, that he, he was, you know, getting tired of the role and it felt that it was time to move on and that the new regime was certainly helping him toward the door. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah. All right, Cool.
2: Cool, cool, cool. So back to the story proper. Uh, yeah. you know, we've, we've got the doctors coming together. We've got this subplot of the zygons going on. And uh, I'll be honest with you guys every time i've watched it those are generally the parts that i've not watched Boo Coops or you know infinity times or whatever those Mm -hmm. those aren't the parts that i watch over and over and over again what did you guys think about the sub story of the zygons and clarence um i'll let you go first on that one
0: yeah. I mean, I think it was in, in this particular story is a means to an ends. Um I enjoyed it. I, I liked how we saw where, you know, you're going to be in this room. We're not going to know who's a Zygon or not. I thought that was pretty excellent how they played that out. But, um, you know, I, I thought it was good. I thought it was good, but there's nothing in particular about it that, you know, really just jumped out at me as, you know, ultra fantastic or anything. They did some foreshadowing in that with the with the cubes, I guess the crystal what are they called? The stasis cubes. Stasis cubes, yeah, of of how they would actually, you know, have our resolution at the end with Gallifrey. They kind of foreshadowed that in, in that story, that subplot. So I mean it had value. I like how they played into that and in the painting and again we're used to used gonna use the painting at the end to get into the vault. You know, so there were a lot of good things going on in there. Good point. Good point.
2: So right before we get to that point of them getting into the vault and we've, you know, seen, you know, all these different scenes with the doctor, uh, the three doctors together. Um, I want to mention two different particular scenes. There is the scene when they're in the Tower of London. We've referenced this already before. All right. So they're in the Tower of London and we see them with the sonic screwdrivers. So. What did you guys think about the comments that they made? And Clarence, I hear you laughing. Uh, so what what were your thoughts?
0: Well, I mean, uh, as far as the resolution they did to unlock the door that I guess yes. was never really locked, question yes. mark, I love that solution. That is a Doctor Who solution right there to, <laughs> to know that these Sonics ex- are just different shells, same innards. And if we start the calculation now with the earliest one, we already have the answer. And I just thought that was brilliant. And they kind of use it again at the end um, where I guess when all the TARDISes come in, Tardai come in, <laughs> and we have this thing where they're, they made some other calculation somehow across time. So, I mean, I just I love that resolution. I just thought it was really brilliant. And, and that's the kind of stuff I watch Doctor Who for. It's just great. Lee, what did you think?
3: I can't possibly put that better than Clarence did. That's, uh, I feel exactly the same way, and you're right. That is a, that is a Doctor Who moment. That is, that is the kind of thing that typifies the writing for the show at its best. Okay,
2: so when we uh, – I particularly wrote down this particular scene and wanted to comment on it because when we reviewed the three Doctors and even when we were talking the five Doctors, we made reference to Contact. And what I mean by that is when the Time mm-hmm. Lords, you know, you know, have their um, telepathic, telepathic link, moment. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. And, you know, I think I made in one of those two episodes of reference, they did it so much better in the 50th anniversary day of the doctor. This is doing it so
0: much better. Well, I I feel like they didn't. Are you talking? I feel like they didn't do the contact thing and I'm glad okay. they didn't. Well, see. It, it was
2: subtle. I think it yes, was. Yes. That's what that, that, hence my point is yeah. they do it without saying contact. You know, you yeah. just, you, you, you know, you start off with the screwdriver giving that illusion. Cause, it, cause when they're, when I was watching it again last night, you know, actually watching it, I'm hearing them say, you know, uh, it's the same screwdriver, the same software different case and i'm thinking kind of like the doctor and well,
0: you know yeah, i just I, thought
2: that was cool well
0: i, I kind of feel like in those scenes it was less of the telepathic contact we're going to go into some state to talk to each other i just felt it was more of these doctors in their individuality being brilliant and all being brilliant enough to come to the same conclusion that's At the same how I, I moment yeah. yeah, yeah, that's how I felt about it. Okay, so
2: are we talking about <laughs> in the barn or are we talking about in the tower? Both. <laughs> <They> both, <laughs> both, I feel
3: yeah. the same way. But I'm especially thinking about the moment in the barn when they realize they can make Gallifrey disappear. Um, it, because the way it plays on screen is that they each of them feels that they're having the idea and they look around the room and they realize that the other two are having the same brilliant idea at the same moment. But. Because they're finishing each other's sentences the way the way it's written, it gives the strong impression that it's it's a telepathic link, which I like much better than the uh, the editing effect from Three Doctors. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> but, but but I think it, it it indicates the same thing is happening.
2: Okay, so 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 here's how I here's how I perceived it, because you know there, uh you know when 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 Matt um, starts talking. And then you know the war doctor says something first, and then the um, then the David Tennant tenth doctor says something. Oh yeah, and now I'm getting it too. And then uh Matt says, gentlemen, you know I've had four hundred years to think about it, and I've <laughs> changed my mind. So based on those three things, I'm seeing it from the perspective of the war doctor. In seeing Tennant and seeing uh, Smith, the War Doctor sees this. He starts thinking about it. Then you've got the Ninth Doctor, and in the back of his head, he's thinking about it. You've got the Tenth Doctor. (laughs) Then he says, oh, I'm getting it too. And then you get to Matt, and it's like, gentlemen, I've had 400 years to think about it. I changed my mind. That's how
0: I saw it. Hmm. Interesting. Oops. Interesting. <laughs> I, I think it can go a lot of ways. I mean, I yeah. think you can't rule that out, but that, that's very interesting. I like that take on it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So this next one, Clarence, this one's for you. Well, can uh, I ask a question uh, uh, sure for just a question? Uh, just a second. I'm sorry. This it, Okay. We made the statement of the Sonic. He started in the calculation. And of course, Matt's uh, Sonic is 400 years old or whatever, and it can calculate it in time. Now, we saw on Capaldi's desk in his run of the, old, the 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 thing full of Sonic sitting on his desk. So, has there been instances in the past where there are multiple Sonics? Do we know it's the same consistent Sonic throughout all the years, only different casing, or is it just a convenient invention for this particular moment?
3: Uh, I, I'm I'm afraid this is one of those places where the um the, the needs of the story outweigh the needs yeah. of the logic because ah. we've seen the we've seen the screwdriver destroyed. I mean, w- we we have seen him lose the screwdriver and the TARDIS gives him another one. Right. You know? Mm. So I, e- even while I was watching day of the doctor, I was thinking, mm, I call <laughs> no way. And, and yet I want this to be true. So I'm going to buy it. and yeah. And, and I felt the same way when we saw that shot of all the screwdrivers on the Uh, In the doctor's pencil cup, uh, the 12th doctor's pencil cup there, because um, he's got uh, uh, the fifth doctor's screwdriver, which we saw obliterated Hmm. and he he never replaced it. You know, so uh, you want to say, well, he can't have it because it was destroyed. Well, he's also a time lord. (laughs) You know, maybe he can go back in time and get it. Uh, mm. I, you know. I, okay, so, so I've got an explanation it, for that. Oh, good, because I I, I don't I it, don't it, think the showrunners have it, one, and because it, they don't care. It's just not if if we can recover
0: Luke's saber, uh, I think <laughs> right. I think anything can happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How exactly is that supposed to happen? Yeah, <laughs> Come Okay, so here's here's my
2: explanation. <laughs> so back in the days of Marvel Comics, uh, when they did, uh, or if a fan read something in a comic that was an obvious continuity error. They could write into the letters page, and if they gave a plausible explanation to that continuity error and the editor liked it, they basically said, you got a no prize, which basically means you get, you get no prize, and that's your prize. Well, this is going to be my no prize for that. You guys made the reference that, you know, this, the... Tardis just gives him a new one. So having said that, the Sonic screwdriver is just nothing more than a receptacle for the software <laughs> uh, that is the um, yeah. the the actual Sonic because it can also uh, be uh, in shades. The Sonic uh, software okay. is actually in the console of the Tardis. There you go. No, I, I think that, that that makes perfect sense. I
3: think. See, thank you. you. Know, it, yeah. No, if I if I was Stan Lee, I'd uh, Your your
2: your 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 no prize would be in the mail. No, so, good yeah. deal. <laughs> I like it. All right. So speaking of thing things true. that you like, Clarence, uh, <laughs> this next one is for you. Uh, the scene right before they go into the painting is. When Clara goes and, you know, has a one-on-one conversation with the war doctor. And I thought it was very interesting that she says to him, you look so young. And this is obviously the, in age, elder statesman or, you know, he's older in age than the other two actors that are on, you know, in the scenes with him. So, um, what did you think of the Clara um,
0: interaction with him? Uh, well, she makes the statement that uh, I can see from your eyes. You know, she can she can tell his age from his eyes, which I'm guessing maybe you have some inside information. Because I really I really didn't understand that other than, you know, she she may, may obviously thinking he has young looking eyes. But it seems like there was more there that I didn't pick up on. So maybe you can enlighten me.
2: <laughs> Lee,
0: you want to go there? I love that little speech. I just think
3: it's it's very sweet. And, and one of the things we've always – the way Claire has been written that makes her distinct as a companion is that she's so very intuitive, that she's so insightful about other people, that she sees them as they are and not as they uh, perhaps pretend to be including the doctor. And uh, so I love that, that she experiences the war doctor as being – younger than she expected i just think that's i think i just thought that was beautiful yeah i it, it just struck me as being a, a great aspect of her character yeah
0: which, which is it's, it's so funny because i'm thinking of when clara sees capaldi how can yes. she go from yeah. this insightful uh, intuitive peering into her his inner soul of the war doctor to Seeing Capaldi and not knowing who the heck this guy is. Okay. So Clara, <laughs> right there. Thank you. <laughs> right there. You
2: have just said where my like of the character of Clara changed 180 degrees because of what you just said right there. You had just, this scene where she, that we just talked about, where she, and, 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 and the reason I wanted to bring it up is the way I perceived it is, She also got the opportunity in that very scene, because it's after his conversation with Clara, that he looks at the moment and says, I've seen it, you know, enough. You know, I've seen what I needed to see. I'm ready. And she turns away and then he's gone. She, his conversation with her saves him. And I use it literally she yep. you know she saved the doctor she got to save that version so we go from there
0: and but literally but did she really did she really save him though cuz i i don't she, feel like she, she helped saved him, him get to that realization but he was still going to blow up everything until the other doctors came and uh, swayed him away from that point so mm-hmm. i don't know if she really saved him <laughs> well, let let me this. who 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 persuaded
2: them to do that? yes the other two came came because of her you know, still Clara, yeah. you know, still Clara. Then who's the one that had the conversation, Clara. So, so now you kind of, I hope, understand where my problem with Clara in deep breath came from
0: was because of this, this particular scene. Well, I, I can't blame the character or the actor. I guess the character as to the writing that was, that changed her in that moment, I guess is, 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 why you don't like her, but but yeah. I can definitely I can definitely see your point there. It's a good point. Lee, anything? What do you think?
3: No, you're 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 just saying my thoughts as if you were reading them off of a <laughs> <page, so, laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Contact. Contact
2: It I've, works. I've been thinking about this for centuries. <laughs> um, you know so the next thing we see is the barn, you know, we see the moment, we see the big red button that, you know, he was talking about pressing. And one of my favorite lines that, are, well, one of the, my many favorite lines here is where, you know, the war doctor says, uh, you, you know, something about that, you know, that they're not the doctor. I mean, they're the doctor and I'm not the doctor. And she says, uh, she being the moment or bad wolf. You know, says, you know, but you're the doctor too. And then he says something to the, to the effect of, uh, great, you know, great men are forged in fire. It's just, uh, it's the privilege of lesser men to light the flame. That
0: was yeah. very, yeah. very nice. good. It's great. Yeah. Agreed.
2: And she even made reference to the groaning, uh, noise, you know, that brings hope even to you. And then, then there they appear. What did you guys think of that moment? No pun intended where they're all three together. I know we've kind of touched on it, but, but we see the children on Gallifrey. We see, you know, the impact. What, what did you guys think of that?
0: I mean, I, I mean, just to be cliche, I thought it was really cool, but I, I, another point, another point about that whole scene that I found really weird. This is being nitpicky is we're, we're on Gallifrey. Except we see the words no more written in English. Uh, thought that didn't make any sense to me. I don't, again, nitpicky, but no more on the wall, no more on the, the computer, um, battle desk or whatever they had where they were showing the different battle layouts and stuff. Why? Okay. Oh, 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 can I get, can,
2: can I get another <laughs> no prize? Okay. All right. I got one. Do, uh, delay, do you have an explanation?
3: Uh, no, but I'm lurching towards one. It would it would have to relate to why Susan thinks she made up the word TARDIS when they're already using it on Gallifrey. It, it's got to be the same kind of thing.
2: Okay, mm-hmm. all right, maybe kinda. So yeah. we find out, in, um we find out in A Good Man Goes to War that the TARDIS translation matrix it takes a moment to keep ah. in with the written word. We're going to assume that if you're watching the 50th anniversary. That you are a fan of Doctor Who, and you may have been even watching it for years—fifty years, maybe. So the TARDIS translation make, matrix has kicked in, and you're reading the written words. Hence, but they're no all free and it makes no sense. For <laughs> <laughs> well, you read it because you could. You, you the TARDIS translation matrix yeah, because you can. Yeah.
0: The TARDIS TARDIS is breaking the third wall. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: The fourth wall, there you go. Yeah, the exactly. <laughs> Wibbly wobbly, TARDIS, translation, even matrix. Sure. The next, you know, so they come to the conclusion that they're going to seal, you know, the Gallifrey off in a painting and make it disappear. What did you guys think of basically wiping out the idea, not saying at that point that they you know, that he was not still the last time Lord, uh, but Basically, wiping out the whole thing of he killed his people that we have had since 2005. So this was 2013. So, you know, for eight years since it had come back, you had, you know, known him to be he had destroyed his own people. Now we kind of erased that. What did you guys think?
0: Hmm. I'll let Lee take it first. I have thoughts on the whole forgetful thing, but, but go ahead, Lee.
3: Um, I, I did think that in a way it's it's kind of facile that it's it's like he he gets to have it both ways, and that's not fair because we don't. Um, but um, but I what what makes it okay to me from a storytelling point of view is that at the end we know that um, as the war doctor leaves that he's going to forget all this um, because he's out of his time stream. And that means that the pain that we know that the doctors have suffered so far is that's still going to happen. Um, and now that seems unfair because he actually didn't do what he's been punishing himself for. So uh, it, it works out in the end. Uh, and I, I thought really,
0: in terms of the writing, that's really elegant. Yeah, well, therein kind of lies my problem with the whole forgetting thing and going back to your original time stream. Usually that works in a story where they come to one of the other's time stream. But if you notice in this story, all three of them are in all of their time streams. We go to David Tennant's time stream we go to gallifrey which is the 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 ward doctor's time stream and of course we come to the present which is matt smith's time stream they're in all three of them so why would going back erase their memory uh it seems like a, a problem <laughs> and mm. that's nitpicky that's nitpicky but it does seem like mm. a problem to me
4: mm. Mm. and i don't
0: think it's being nitpicky no no cuz usually they go to one person's time stream and then they go back and then you know of course they're going back to their own, they forget, but we went in all three of their time streams in this episode.
2: But maybe it's a biological proximity thing that if they do cross their own time streams, remember this
0: is the first law of time. So maybe them just being What well, there, there were aliens coming out the the portals and stuff like it was in, in uh um uh, uh episode. Good you point. Point taken. <laughs> yeah, point right, taken. Right. right. Yeah, we,
3: we should be seeing those guys all over the place, but yeah, you know, <laughs> after Father's Day, we just forgot
2: all about them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's always bothered me, but, um, yeah. So what did you guys think of the scene where, um, you know, the, the general says, you know, the calculation alone would take, uh, You know, hundreds of years, and then tenant says, oh, hundreds and hundreds, but, you know, I started a long time ago. And then you see, you know, are you here and or see all of the other versions of the Doctor? What did you guys think of that?
0: Hmm. Uh I... Particularly, don't have a lot to say on that. Other than I don't know how they all could come to the same point. How do they know? How have they started this calculation? But Kyle yeah. Jones, I'm sure, I'm sure you're gonna have some insight because no, I think I'll, you're gonna say, say "Mr. Mr. Shopper." Okay,
3: says <laughs> let's see,
2: let's <what> see <laughs>
3: Um, no, I've got the same problem that it it, it is not explained how the doctor has communicated with himself throughout all of his past lives, something that we've never even hinted that he's capable of doing, um, how in this emergency he's able to do it on a moment's notice. So, um, so, you know, but it is, it it was definitely one of those times, especially in the experience of seeing this with a big audience that, um, I didn't care whether this made any sense or not. It was (laughs) just glorious. Just so much fun. Yeah.
2: Okay, so Clarence, you wanted my thoughts, right? So, <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad. I'm glad, think you, I'm I, think glad I asked this before. I'm, He's going to make you regret it. No, it? <laughs> no, 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 no. I am really glad that you asked, uh, or I asked uh, Lee to go first because uh, no credit number three. Go. No, no. Lee said, Lee said uh, in his comment that he just said something to the effect: "It was one of those times." Is that is that not a true statement? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I don't think it was one of those times that we'll understand, maybe. I think it might be twice upon a time that we will Ooh. understand. Nice. Mm. Ooh, Merry yeah, Christmas. Yeah, yeah.
0: Exactly. It will be the last opportunity to, think, to fix it. <laughs> and and, and so, I
2: mean, I, I even if it's a one-off or if something happens, even if it's just a comment where he says to his first incarnation self, something to the effect of, oh, you need to do blah, 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 just trust me, and starts doing, and you need to be here, don't ask questions, just be here at, you know, make sure this, you know, every blah, blah. No more than that, it might be, or it may be totally something, part of the story, perhaps. I doubt it, but it's possible. Here we are, we're to the moment, literally. And that is my favorite moment of this whole kit and caboodle. when, you know, we, we've we got them where they talk about, we just said timelines are out of sync. We see the war doctor go into his TARDIS and begin to regenerate, even giving the line of wearing a bit thin and Lee, Where does that come from? 10th planet yeah. It's the last
3: words of the first doctor. So we'll, we'll, we will almost certainly hear it um, again. Hear David Bradley said in the, in the Christmas special. Yeah. And you know, I'm glad you, I'm glad you're here because I wanted to ask about this earlier when we were talking about night of the doctor. Um, I thought that somehow, in all this negotiation with Christopher Eccleston that we've gotten permission to use his distinctive likeness as a part of this moment. I guess, since we have footage of him as the doctor, you wouldn't have to. But am, am I imagining it? But don't don't we really see his face emerging in the um, the regeneration effect? What do you do? All right. Let me let me because try. I keep slowing the DVD. I keep watching my <laughs> my copy of it really slowly. I keep freeze framing it and there's no really clear shot. It's purely a matter of
0: suggestion because I know that's what he's doing.
2: Claire, I can't do find
0: say? Yeah. You know, it seemed like when the, the first time I saw this, I clearly noticed it. I don't know if they changed it or cut it out or something, but I Mm. I definitely did not notice it upon watching the the last time. So I I don't know. So, so this is one of those things I'd love to hear from other people about. I I hope that people will, will write
3: in (laughs) to the show to talk because, because I can't find a screen grab that looks like Christopher Eccleston. And yet I feel that I saw,
2: (laughs) 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 yeah. Uh, I, he, that
6: was his face.
2: Okay. You know. So, so let me, let me, let, let me put my spin on it. All right. yes. I don't think that they've changed anything from the, you know, the time that they broadcast it. And trust me when I say, I have seen this particular yes. five, six minutes, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, literally. <laughs> Okay. Of times. <laughs> so, so I kid you not. Hundreds yeah. and hundreds. So I, uh, don't think they've changed it. However, I do think that they have done just enough to create that subconscious suggestion or that visual yeah. suggestion. Because if you f- slow it down and frame to frame to frame, you can see that really what they've done is just change his eyes and darken mm-hmm. his hair and then that's they right. switch back to mm-hmm. the others so it's mm-hmm. just that suggestion that you know what's coming because
3: yeah, he, and you see what you want to see
2: right, and, and, and let me say this before I forget it, he even makes a comment of I really hope the ears are a little bit uh, less conspicuous this time that's right
6: I don't suppose we'll ever know if we actually succeeded But at worst We failed doing the right thing As opposed to Succeeding in doing the wrong Life and soul, you are What is it actually
1: called? Well, there's some debate Either no more Or Gallifrey falls
6: Not very encouraging How did he get here? No idea. all well, something we don't know, isn't there? One should certainly hope so. Well, gentlemen, it has been an honour and a privilege. Likewise, Doctor. And if I grow to be half the man that you are, Clara Oswald, I shall be happy indeed. That's right, aim high. <laughs> I won't remember this, will I?
1: The time streams are out of sync. You can't retain it.
6: No. So I won't remember that I tried to save Gallifrey rather than burn it. i have to live with that. But for now, for this moment, I am the doctor again. Thank you. Which one is mine? Ah. (laughs) Yes. Course, suppose it makes sense. Wearing a bit thin. I hope the ears are a bit less conspicuous this time.
2: And in Rose, uh, mm. the ninth doctor makes a <laughs> reference to his ears.
0: Yep. Hmm.
2: Yeah. A little disappointed, he says.
0: <laughs> well, I'm also thinking of the, if you go back to the Night of the Doctor, Paul McGann's transformation, we don't see him specifically turning to John Hurt, but he looks in a mirror and we see a reflection. Mm-hmm. And in the chalice, it, yeah. Yeah, it, and it doesn't look anything like John Hurt either. So. Uh, but it does. maybe
2: nineteen seventies yeah. John Hurt. Yeah, but it, it, it okay. is that is John Hurt.
3: Yeah. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> maybe I just didn't uh, know how it looked. At the 70s. Well, that's yeah, that's the problem. It's kind of like if you you have to know who Paul McCann was. Too. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Mm. Uh, but but that, that yeah talk about fan service. But yeah, uh, that that's that's the
0: uh, that's the John Hurt that I know. But but that would suggest that he's grown old. He just wasn't old from the beginning. That's yeah. A
3: little weird That's, to me. I know I, no, I love that actually that choice in of uh, the doctor because then when we meet up with him and he is old John Hurt, that tells you he has been doing this. He has been the war doctor.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, for for a,
2: for a long, long, a long time. time. Look how long it took uh in you know a future episode where I don't want to spoil anything, but in a future episode with Matt Smith where it takes him hundreds of years to even get gray. And then, you know, when Clara comes back again, when she's seeing him and he's really, really old, you know, that was like 1100 years.
0: Yeah. There is is precedent for it. Though in that case, I thought it because his regenerations were running out, but I I digress. (laughs) Yeah. Good point. Good, good thought though. So, um,
2: I remember, you know, I uh, said at the beginning of this episode or at some point that um the local comic shop had a Doctor Who airing of this particular episode. And having said that, the um next week that I came in, the owner said, hey, I've got a question for you. And I was like, sure. And he said, what does I don't want to go? Because he wasn't a Doctor <laughs> Who fan. He said, what does I don't want to go that what significance does that have? And I said, Oh, well, that was the last thing that the 10th doctor said. And he was like, okay, that makes sense. And I was like, why? And he said, well, there was somebody that was, uh, watching the, uh, show. And as soon as he said that she just burst out into tears. Oh, yeah, yeah. so, that's uh, awesome. so that, so that, that, that was not that she was, you know, crying, but whenever he did do that, I don't want to go, Another reason why I think that that was right before time of the doctor, because again, if, if he's not remembering, but it's still in his subconscious, maybe that helped prompt yeah. him to say, I don't want to go.
0: Yeah. Plus it was so playful in that moment, uh, before he jumped in his TARDIS. So mm-hmm. true, true, yeah. true, true. So we get to Clara and she
2: says, Oh, by the way, there's an old man looking for you. I think he was the curator. And then Matt does that, which I'm sorry, I've got to say it, where he says, oh, I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. I could retire and do that. I could retire and be the curator of this place.
0: Oh, by the way, there was an old man
5: looking for you. I think it was the curator.
1: I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. (laughs) I could retire
4: and do that. I could retire and be the curator of this place. (gasps) You know, I really think you might...
1: I never forget a face
4: i know you don't and in years to come you might find yourself revisiting a few but just the old favorites you were curious about this painting i think i acquired it in remarkable circumstances what do you make of the title
1: which title this too no more oh gallifrey falls
4: Oh, you see, that's where everybody's wrong. It's all one title. Gallifrey falls no more. Now, what would you think that means? The Gallifrey didn't fall. It worked. It's still out there. I'm only a humble curator, I'm sure I wouldn't doubt. Then where is it? Where is it indeed? Lost? Shh. Perhaps things do get lost you know now you must excuse me oh you have a lot to do do I mm. is that what I'm supposed to do
5: now go looking for Gallifrey
4: well, it's entirely up to you your choice uh, I can only tell you what I would do if I were you oh, if I were you <laughs> oh perhaps I was you of course <laughs> oh perhaps you are me <laughs> <Yeah>. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> or perhaps it doesn't matter either way. Who knows? Who knows?
2: So, um, Lee, what were your thoughts and what was the reaction in that theatre... When you heard that voice.
3: Yeah, it, uh, the, I don't know, the 300 of us or whatever, we went silent. It (laughs) it was, um, it, it really was another remarkable emotional moment. And I don't know if it was because if this would have happened when I was alone uh, or if it was because of what I sensed through that room—a uh, a room full of people, you know, my age, a little younger—you know—so these are people who have grown up with the with the Fourth Doctor. I felt sure, but uh, I—but tears, I just tears streaming down my face. I uh, think, is there something wrong with me, or why? <laughs> um, because the the scene doesn't make any literal sense, uh, but it's also not just fan service. It's, it's just the most interesting sort of poetic thing. Um, unless we think that at the end of the doctor's long, 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 long life, he'll regain, he'll, he'll get that face again and he will be the curator of the, you know, is that actually where the doctor winds up and he, he picks his favorite face out of all the faces he's had, you know, who knows?
2: You know, Uh, I really, that's the only sense I
3: can, well, Right. I mean that's the the lines seem to kind of suggest that that's what happens and so he says, you know or you know if if I were you and maybe I was that's real, <laughs> if I were you, perhaps you. I
2: was you, of course, yeah. or perhaps you are me you or perhaps me, yes. in the end it doesn't matter either way who that's it. knows I think that's really what got me was, and
3: perhaps in the end it doesn't matter um that it's just it's just a uh, uh A moment designed to reach into the hearts of all of us who grew up with Tom Baker as the doctor. And, I don't know, give it a little squeeze.
2: (laughs) It worked, man. It worked. Yes. And that's one of the reasons why, even though I didn't know that that was coming, uh, that was one of the reasons why I didn't want to see it in a big group because yeah. the 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 emotion that you were you know emotion you were talking about just then, I was like probably every a hundred percent as much emotion as you were, I mean even thinking about it, talking about it now, I've got like the can't talk about is like standing up or whatever
0: I think I think more so what I was thinking of in that moment, you know i I thought obviously Matt Smith was talking about retirement and And having even in this episode, hearing where he kind of didn't want to talk about Trenzalore and that that made the only thing that got me emotional in that moment was thinking about is this his last stop before Trenzalore. You know, that's what I thought about. But I really didn't go into the nostalgia of the fourth doctor as much as you guys did.
2: You know, because why
4: would you? Exactly. (laughs) And, and,
2: and, And that's a good way to put it. Lee, why would you? Yeah. I really it's, enjoyed the, your comment about Trends of Lore because that made me just then look at it from a perspective of someone who started watching in the two thousand and five era and how different their you know, not saying that's a bad thing equally or as good. Both are as good, but 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 interesting seeing it from from a different view. W- what about you, Lee?
3: Yeah, um you know, I I have to agree with Clarence completely that That is a that's a moment that's going to have powerful emotional resonance for a certain part of the audience. But for a lot of the audience, it's just it has to be about how the 11th doctor has taken this news. That That's what the scene's about. And and I think it, it I just think it's a great piece of screenwriting and a great performance from these two actors because it works so well in both of those ways. This is the best news the 11th doctor has ever gotten yeah (laughs) and what what a what a great moment it is
2: what that it's still Um, out there yeah (laughs) so um question and 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 this will kind of be our final question before we close uh to the final scene which is do we believe or in our minds think is tom baker's curator
0: character is that the doctor I kind of feel like there's no question that it is how it, that that he, that he is, yeah. The details, meh, we don't know, but yeah. I, I kind I, I kind of feel those statements were pretty on the nose uh is that he he's the doctor in some form later down the line, okay? <laughs> he says it
3: doesn't
2: matter. I mean, we have to take him at his word. Maybe it doesn't matter. But 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 assuming that it does, do, 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 does Lee Shackelford think that that's the Doctor, regardless of uh, maybe in the end it doesn't matter out of the way? I
3: I prefer to think
2: that if you or I were a witness,
3: if if we were standing in the doorway and we happened to look into that to that uh, gallery, we would see the Eleventh Doctor by himself.
0: Oh wow! That is interesting. That is interesting. No, but see, uh, no, no, no. My brain can't take that. No, oh <laughs> no, wow! No. That's what that I that is interesting. Okay, he just blew my mind with that. <laughs> okay, my mind ain't
2: even processing because, yeah. and, 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 and I'll tell you why. Because n- number one, I, I, he just has to be. Sorry, he just has to be. And number two, well it, well,
3: it is the doctor, but it's but it's the doctor that he remembers. He he was that doctor, and and the and the truth about what's happened to Gallifrey is in his mind. He just hasn't put all the pieces together, and and so he's having this conversation
0: with himself the way we do. Yes. Okay, yeah, I could exactly. I, I could see that I could see yeah. that. And, and even on top of the words he just said about projecting of this feeling that he's wanting to become the curator, and yeah. I can see that having you know a psychological effect of where you know we're projecting into this his mind of where he's having this conversation of what could be you know? exactly. <laughs> but, 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 exactly. But 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 but.
2: I like, I like that. I like the <laughs> metaphysical thing. However, let me say this. He does say, you know, I never forget a face. And he says, I know you don't, but in the years to come, you might find yourself revisiting a few, but just the old favorites. So I, th- for me, that was a doorway <laughs> of allowing Matt Smith maybe to one day return, allowing maybe David Tennant to one day or Peter Capaldi or Christopher Eccleston or whomever. To one day return if they, you know, wanted to recast, choose to do that again. I thought that was kind of like Moffitt creating a doorway there. And my other piece of evidence that I will hold my claim to is at the (laughs) very beginning, um, when they are first arriving at unit or, uh, you know, going to see the paintings, um, they make reference to elizabeth appointing the doctor as the curator of the undergallery hmm so that's that's kind of my other piece of evidence that the curator and and let me blow your mind one more time you know as we uh, close out which is there is speculation because of what was on the wall there that where they are at the end is actually inside the curator's TARDIS, because of the you know the, yeah, round the yeah, circles, the round things on the I wall. I love the circles. Yes. Yeah. What what did they do? <laughs> I don't know.
0: You've redecorated. I, no I don't like it. <laughs> you so, know, uh, t- just to throw out a left field comment or um, hope or something that I think would be cool. I was chatting with some people on Twitter, some Star Trek discussions about what if while we have these actors still around, we did a season of an an anthology type season of Star Trek to where we have different stories of different captains in their in their not in their prime, of course, but in their setting And just make a season of that. You know, every story is a different story, but we get to see these captains again. I think that would be wonderful even in Doctor Who to see the doctors that are still around and can, you know, somehow fit into their canon to to come back and do one off stories. I think that would be great. Of course, Big Finish is doing a lot of that stuff, but it would it would still be cool to see it on the screen. I think that would be just my throwaway thing right there. Okay. (laughs)
2: Unfortunately we age, just like we saw with John Hurt. So if you're going to do th- things like this. And I hope that, you know, Denny Crane, uh, the actor, sorry, my brain's kind of <laughs> tired. William Shatner. It's the w- mad cow. Yeah. It's the <laughs> hell, mad cow. Good one. Uh, <laughs> very good one. Uh, maybe I, maybe I need to hold on to that because that, yeah. Okay, cool. I've got the mad cow. Um, you know, he may be around for years and years to come, or he may not be. So if they're going to do something that, that, now, now may be the time. But Lee, uh, I think you had another comment you may have wanted to make.
3: Oh, you and I talked about this a little bit uh, off the air about uh, the two doctors, and I thought this is the time to mention it. That My favorite thing about being in that big crowd, seeing the day of the doctor, was um, uh, apart from that thunderous silence when Tom Baker, when, when we heard his voice, was um, that last little speech. Um, and When um, we saw the 11 doctors step into that tableau, which also is something that we don't think literally exists somewhere of all the doctors in a row, you know, (laughs) um, and yet another version of the signature theme. But I mean that to be in that house of those whatever it was, 300 people, just um, we were screaming. It was (laughs) it was like being on a roller coaster but it was um i don't know i'll never forget it and and i can't i can't think about that moment without hearing that music which i think is one of the best uh, orchestrations yes. yeah rendition is actually the better word yeah and, and it's so thrilling and uh we were on such an emotional high note and that audience moment it's it's um it's one of my two favorite moments of being with a uh <laughs> and being with an audience watching a movie <laughs> the the other and this is of course totally off topic was I was uh, when I was living in New York uh, that was when the princess bride came out and I saw that the day it opened at the Beekman Theater in Midtown Manhattan with 500 people <laughs> wow <laughs> and i mean by the last you know the final scenes of that film we were all standing up you know shouting together hello my name is Anigo Montoya you killed my father <laughs> That was an amazing, amazing group experience. But anyway, but yes, second only to that was this experience of that last
2: moment. I'm going home the long way
3: around. Uh,
6: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what was your thoughts, Clarence, to the last moment? Yeah, I I almost wish because because in that scene we have where some of the of course, most of the projections were kind of still images. I almost wish they would have. You know, since that moment took us out of the show and obviously was something different, I kind of wish they just would have if they could have any doctor that was alive, you know, maybe put them in the car. You know, of course, they wouldn't have to look the same. I wouldn't even look at that because, again, this moment is pulling us out of it. Mm. I would just have liked to have seen oh, that current doctors. Perfect. No matter mm. what state they're in to see them mm. in their costumes and standing in those oh, that, that,
2: that that would definitely have been an improvement
3: yeah i don't, i don't know i I, I bet you anything that was a discussion you know that the people at the you know uh, Moffat and everybody had about this was to, do we want them to be as we remember them or do we want them to be as they are a <laughs> good point yeah. we we know that meanwhile they are even though the pretense is that they' that The the Five-ish Doctors is an unofficial uh, (laughs) video. It's clearly a co-production of Day of the Doctor. And um, so there is also the plan to see the doctors, the surviving doctors, as they are now. Uh, So I I bet you that swayed the decision, too. so.
2: So, So I am going to, if you guys are okay with this, not even worry about rating this episode i think that it is ah, you know it's 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 the day of the doctor that's all there is to say clara sometimes
1: asks me if i dream of course i dream i tell her everybody dreams but what do you dream about she'll ask same thing everybody dreams about i tell her i dream about where i'm going Shores laughs at that. But you're not going anywhere. You're just wandering about. That's not true. Not anymore. I have a new destination. My journey is the same as yours, the same as anyone's. It's taken me so many years, so many lifetimes, but at last I know where I'm going. Where I've always been going. Home. The long way round.
3: Send us your feedback to discussing who at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you. Discussing who is brought to you by audible. You've probably heard of audible, but just in case they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. A hundred and eighty thousand So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com slash discussing who, also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?